It's been a while, huh? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I got some. I got. I got. I got something for you. I got something for you. <laughs> I got something for you, man. You know. Let's go. Levers are good. With the background noise and shit. Let's go, bro. <laughs> All right. Well, your boy's back. Yeah. <laughs> Rayvon, I appreciate you for holding it down. Uh, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, this is your host, uh, Harry, here with, you know, the team, Rayvon, and our wonderful host and owner, Ulysses Youngblood. What's going on? Chilling. This is special to have both of you guys here. It's a- and, and a special guest, too, man. So it's like, what's do, up? Do what you do. Do what you do. Yo, yo. So, of course, we're back with another episode of Infused Influence. For sure. And uh, this is a unique situation, partly because we have a local guy here that grew up around here. Yeah, he's working for um, what's considered maybe a multi-state operator, maybe a small multi-state operator where, you know, you got different money coming in from a different state. And going back to that state rather than staying here in the local community. So, um, yeah, without further ado, Adam, you got to help me with your last name. How do you say your last name? Fayad. Fayad. We have Adam Fayad. Clap it up for Adam. Thank you. Let's go. Appreciate it. Was that that an appropriate introduction to like, you know what I'm saying? Because you grew up around here. I did. You know, so I know some people that grew up around here and do not shop with them (laughs) which is weird right which makes you question stuff right i mean i don't think it's weird i don't think it's weird like i i'll tell you like um i speak openly about it um you know scoop drip Mm -hmm. so they grew up in the area and you know homie was like bro i got arrested like right up the block for weed like a couple years ago i feel kind of way some kind of way but that same dude was our first customer you know what i mean just because out of respect of like you know who we are as people and you know where he's from and all that you know what i mean so I don't think, you know, out-of-towners are going to give you the same welcome. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I'll yeah. be honest. I've seen some out-of-state uh, customers treat us the most, the best way. Right. Better than some of our locals, you know? Um, and that's probably because they haven't had that luxury of it being recreational and them being comfortable enough to go into those dispensaries, spend some time, so... I think they think of it more of like, I have to be so professional to purchase this. Right. Um, so I think, you know, that a lot of our out-of-towners are a lot more uh, understanding and respectful than uh, some of our Some of the locals. locals. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, agree I was going to say that. I, was, I agree 100%. Like, yeah, I think the, uh, the knowledge of, like, this is not something that you always have available to you, whereas... Not to say local people are whatever, whatever, but like when you have it constantly available to you, but so many places in your neighborhood, yeah, eh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like right. You treat it with less regard than someone who than someone who's coming out driving like 20 minutes, maybe even 40 minutes from their city to a 
come buy some weed. Right. You know what I'm mm. saying? So. Well, give, them a, give, give them a little bit of time. Once it gets into their city and they're, not, they're used to it. <laughs> right. They'll be right back to where right. they're going. <laughs> I mean, that's how we all started. Right. I started off even as a kid living in this city, yeah. going to dispensaries in this city. I mean, I guess I'm not originally from here, but just yeah. being like, this was professional. I'm mm-hmm. buying weed. They're checking my ID. This is crazy. To now it's like, which dispensary do I want to go to? Right. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. It's definitely mm-hmm. changed up a bit. Which I think is a little bit of a worry, right? It's yeah. like, how many dispensaries are going to open up? Where are they going to open up? It's my favorite thing when people come here and they're talking to me about product and stuff. And I assume it sounds like you do purchasing as oh, well. Yeah. And one of my favorite things is to just stand in the store and kind of point around and be like, truly resonate, DM, good cam, like I've got my head on a swivel. <laughs> you know, like, all these places are in walking distance yep. pretty mm-hmm. much. So yep. it's, it's kind of insane for the neighborhood. It is, especially mm-hmm. for this area, you know, um, I was surprised to see that there was that many licenses given out in such a small span of space rather than right. further out, you know, distancing, yeah. distancing uh, the dispensaries from one another. Do you know why, though? I, I, I want to say it has something to do with the canal district. The zoning. Zoning. Mm. So rather than, like, uh, opening up the zoning to, I guess, like, more they kind of segment it to certain districts and like business districts commercial corridors you know retail you know what i mean yeah so like a lot of them became like part of this area as opposed to like shrewsbury street you don't yeah, see any right. on shrewsbury street because none of those none of those zones fit the bylaws that the right. city wrote right you know what i mean but i think it's a good thing though man like you know i mean it's almost like what well, did that tell you something about the city that they're very open Okay. Yeah, I think so. Cause well, I mean, a lot of them is based off of, well, okay, well, the equity mm. is mainly based off, of, um, you know, different mm. different <laughs> rules and stuff like that. So you know, like, yeah. are, there, I mean, are there arrests higher at certain places than others, or? Oh, you mean in certain like parts of the yeah, city? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's not a factor for yeah, factor. where they are. Okay, no, okay. the bylaws definitely were not based on where people were arrested. Okay. I can right. tell you that much right now. Okay. None of that language in there. <laughs> that was the uh, actually, state. I might, I might be wrong, but yeah. The, it was uh, the state equity program. State equity. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. But they don't make it mandatory for you to be in those zones. Okay, okay, okay. You know, we're kind of one of the few that yeah. has an inherent. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? <laughs> like. You know, dude. Like, I know. It's a special part of the city, dude. It's, it's, it's <laughs> Some a very, lady was just talking about getting jumped just out now. I had a very creative like, part <laughs> of the city. It's very creative. Very creative. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, why don't you tell us a little bit? And you said, you you seem like you were surprised when you said, you know, local people don't go to DM. Why? Because, you know, they're doing doing big things, you think? Well, I mean, I don't want to get it twisted. We, we, we have our locals... Right. We have the, what do you call it, the everyday right. customer that comes in, and um, then we have the customers that come in and kind of shop around, right. you know? Um, and they know that there is six, seven different dispensaries right. in the area that they can go to. Um, I think one of the main reasons which drives customers out of any dispensary, not just, you know, um, our dispensary, but any other dispensary as well is everyone's looking for for a bang for their buck, right? right? And especially right now with the economy, the way it is, and um, you know, people are, some people are barely working, some people are, are barely making ends meet. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that I've noticed is looking at special, pri- special pricing bundles, deals, um, stuff that they can put their hands on, you know? And unfortunately, as you know, we're very limited in the recreational side. 
from the CCC's point mm. of being able to set up certain things that we would want to do um, in order to help the customer save money. But, you know, I think there's always a gray area um, that I call. And, you know, if you're willing to play in that gray area and then question it when it comes up, um, you're able to retain those customers. Um, you know, if it's not written in, in the rules and the regulations, then, you know, well, <laughs> now you guys have something to talk about next November or you guys have something more to put in into the regulations. So hmm. um, I think really keeping up to date with the CMR and making sure that there's ways you, your team, your mar- whether it's marketing, management team, that they're able to, I don't want to use the word manipulate, but that they're able to play in the gray area hmm. and be able to generate revenue not only for the business, but also bring in new customers and attract new customers. Hey, Major Bloom has the best deals going on right now. Um, or DM has the best deals right now. Um, so I think, you know, really, really kind of working in that gray area right now is what's helped us survive, you know? Interesting. Funny you mentioned that because I also work with the marketing and the branding here. Saying anything having to do with the word deals, like, I hate to say scares me, but, like, I will never do it, mm-hmm. like, ever. Like, not even, like, in an email that's going just to our customer. Like, yep. You did it once. Yeah. <laughs> it was in March. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember that. That was with Jill. Um, like, what? Yeah. She <laughs> hit up John and like I, I'm, I remember being in my day off just shopping and like getting calls like, yo, there, it says deals in an email. We can't do that. And I was like, well, it's been sent out. So I don't, can't take it back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which honestly, deals isn't the worst word. It's discounts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sales. Discounts, sales. Yeah new lower price um you know you can actually believe it or not you can use new lower price um but can't be on specific days i mean there's 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 a lot that goes into it that i guess we all have we all look at before we set up any kind of bundles and deals yeah we make sure that we're playing in that gray area you know <laughs> so uh, creative compliance is what creative compliance. <laughs> so adam you seem, you seem like someone has a good amount of information um how'd you start an industry well, I actually was uh, a slanging box. weed down the street. <laughs> yes, yeah, well, it's true. You know, it's uh, I actually was clap it up for that. Clap it up. Clap it up. <laughs> I was. I actually was telling. Sorry, bro. I was actually telling Ulysses. Um, I worked in corrections for 18 years before coming into uh, cannabis, and essentially what happened was we were involved in a. I got a beautiful, beautiful background music. All right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I was working 18 years, and long story short, we got involved in a um, restraint that went bad, and I was out of work. Okay. Uh, I was out of work. Um, with that being said, that was where my life really changed, which was, you know, you go to the doctors, and you throw on your back out. Mm-hmm. They're very quick to just give you narcotics, mm-hmm. especially in 2019. You know, I would mm-hmm. say they were just handing them out. Here you go, here you go, here you go, and... I'm not that dude. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of bad things happen to friends, uh, coworkers, family members, uh, people in the street, you know, people that you went to school with that are no longer with us. So I was very reluctant to want to take any of those kind of medications. So what did I resort to was cannabis. Um, I noticed that it was helping me out with a lot of my back pain, a lot of, especially the lower back pain. Um, and I became a 
fluent user, you know, every day I was using it to kind of deal with the aches and pains and bad news came in September of 2019, which was, you know, uh, we can't release you back to work to that particular position because if you get involved in, you know, something else, then um, ultimately the state would be liable. liable for it. So I took an early retirement and figured out what I wanted to do. And um, in the process, I noticed that there was a cannabis dispensary opening up literally down the street from my house. And it opened up, it was about six, seven months afterwards, it opened up in June of 2020. And I went down there to visit and make a purchase. And um, I just noticed that there was a lot of security issues for me going inside and making a purchase. There was a lot of security issues. Um, but it was funny because my butt tender was actually the VP of operations, uh, excuse me, VP of uh, business development. He was actually my butt tender. So we were just shooting it up and he essentially said, uh, he said, yeah, I'm looking for security. We don't have real, real, real security right now. We just opened up and I'm like, well, this is a, right in my backyard. And he's like, come on down tomorrow and let's chat. Went down there the following day, we talked um, and Long story short, I started the next day. Um, yes. <laughs> um, started. We didn't have a security. We had a security plan that was submitted to the CCC, however, uh, in order to get our license. However, it wasn't really sufficient for our store. Uh, we submitted a CCC uh, security plan, came up with a very thorough secur security plan for us. Um, and I started doing that for about three months. And I was then promoted into uh, a compliance specialist position. Okay. So I was doing two roles, uh, which was a security specialist and a compliance specialist. And at that point, I was kind of learning a lot, right? Mm -hmm. I was learning all the compliance portions of what it takes to run a dispensary and how to be compliant. And then I was also incorporating it with the security aspect and how to make sure people are safe and secure when they are coming to make deliveries, banks come to pick up money, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm that they're very, very safe, that they know that they're safe. Yeah. Especially in the area that we're in, people aren't stupid, they know. For sure. Um, did that for about three months, and within six months of me first starting, I was uh, promoted to the store manager position. Okay. Um, which was a great thing. You know, we had a great team. Um, and yeah, that's how I got involved. I got involved and I became the store manager for about a year and a couple months. But while being the store manager, I was still dipping into kind of finding the best vendors, right? Who's the best vendor? What's selling? What's hot? What's not? How can we get them to lower prices? How can we get them to work with us? How can we make sure that their products are flying off the shelf? So I was kind of doing a lot of things and kind of really, really jumping in the business and really understanding it. Any, um, any strategies you use? Yeah. I mean, you would like to share it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We're a customer too. Mm -hmm. Okay, 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 okay. Smoke that. We're, mm -hmm. we're a customer too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, if I, you want me to purchase your product, you know, uh, with all due respect, if I was working for Ulysses, I'm also touching Ulysses' bank account when I'm making these purchases. So I better have a real good explanation to Ulysses as to why I'm making it this purchase <laughs> and how I'm going to get it out of the store within a certain amount of time. Right, yeah. So you got you got you got to really really know. Otherwise, your product's sitting there along with other vendors and other products, um, and then it's not that high quality that you want to kind of give to your to your customers. Mm -hmm. You know, so 
Um, I was dibbling and dabbling in, you know, finding great vendors, what was hot, what was not, bringing them on board. Um, and then in September of this past year, I was actually promoted to the Massachusetts procurement manager for not only for our Worcester location, but also for our Lynn location as well. So okay. um, in the meanwhile, I was also managing the Worcester store as well. Um, so it's been, you know, it's been a, it's been, it's been a ride for the past two and a half years. Yeah, you know? It sounds like a, a good one. Crazy. It sounds like a pretty far for sure. And it seems like, I mean, from what I know from the industry, I mean, I've worked in there for, um, my two years almost well once we get to you know it's been a year now but we're going we're going here. Close to two years bro but those we're getting there right um it moves Plotting fast on podcasting and media oh, boy, you know, come on now. I, was, I was a bud tender too so i understand this i understand the hustle um that you know it moves fast right very like, fast you can be in one position for a month and then a month after that you're doing something way different you're learning way different things stuff like that right so it's impressive to hear, you know, your journey, but it's also relatable because that's what a lot of people in this industry mm-hmm. do. And that's what you, like, the first thing I ever heard, I remember my first day here when we did, like, the training was, like, this dude was, like, yeah, I was in here for, like, a year. And then I'm, like, I run this. I'm, like, okay, how do you run this in a year? Like, but then you're in there and you're, like, oh, damn, there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that goes really fast here for sure. It is. It is. And I think, you know, dealing with a lot of different personalities, you know. Um, mm. You have a lot of bud tenders, a lot of staff that work there as well, and you have to be able to manage them and manage all their personalities. And, um, you know, one of the biggest things is keeping them happy, mm. right, um, and being able to do that. And it's it's uh, it's definitely a challenge, but not a challenge that can't be completed. Sure. Mm. Well, yeah, and it's, I think it's all about operation as well, too, because like, like you, Harry, mentioned, it is impressive to uh, – move up with the company and all that but to also do it with the same company is pretty cool because uh you and i discussed before the show i mean this industry is so small you know so many people who you meet somewhere and mm-hmm. then three months later you see that person at a totally different company mm-hmm. um i call it switching jerseys or like just being mm-hmm. traded around um so to be able to have that upward mobility and still do it like in the same household is pretty cool. Uh, I mean, it's part of the motivation for me coming here was that like I can go somewhere new and kind of start at the bottom, but know that like there's tremendous room to like climb up somewhere. And I mean, here I am. Yep. And that's essentially, you know, sometimes you got to take a step back to take a step forward, right? Um, I've seen I've seen a lot of people um, that were general managers of general managers of a store that went and became an assistant store manager. Um, and you question that. You really do. You question that. You're like, you went from a general manager of a store to the assistant store manager. Why is that? Um, you know, it comes with, again, it keeps, it goes with the fact of, did they not get the training that they needed? Were they not as qualified based on what the other company was looking for as a general manager or a store manager? Um, so I think, you know, training and really being there for the bud tenders and for just for your staff in general. Um, is key. Otherwise, like you said, somebody else will, and and they will jump ship. We've seen it. We've seen it happen. Um, you know, I posted it on my LinkedIn, I believe, a couple days ago, which was, you know, essentially, how do you keep a staff? How do we keep our staff? You know, because for Ulysses, who loses all his staff, they go and talk to the other staff. Uh, they go and talk to another dispensary, yep. and it's. You know, it's very hard because now you have to change your strategy again. And it's, it's you want the, those people to kind of grow with you and kind of be happy. And I think that's been 
one of the biggest challenges that we've had in the cannabis industry right now is keeping our employees happy and keeping them from wanting to jump ship or to go to another dispensary. Um, and it's just something I think all, all management teams, all CEOs, CFOs, everybody needs to really, really look at that and say, why is this happening? You know, um, I think one of the biggest things is comes down to his pay. Um, you know, it comes down to pay. But again, if you're transparent, kind of transparent with your, your we're not going to open the books, right? We're not going to open the books up to uh, entry level employees and let them know exactly what the company's making and stuff. But, you know, they also know what we make, you know, and uh, based on that, they kind of always figure a number in their head as to what they should be getting paid. Yeah, we got to change that though, bro. Yeah. That's, that's, that's we got to change that, dude. Talk about business is. Plus and then minus too. There's <laughs> some things called expenses. Two eighty. And that's what I mean. It's like they don't yeah. know that. <laughs> and it's educating them on that. Yeah, like, you know what it costs to keep the store running on a monthly basis. You know we're paying taxes. <laughs> See, my, my thing is like I mean me and Ulysses talked about this. Um we did an episode a while back and we talked about like, you know, um like I was I, I worked these work at Enterprise, right? And we had a management training program where Every single person starts at the same exact position, right. which is impossible, kind of in this industry. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 doable after a while of time. Like when you first open, you got to have some like someone has to be positioned somewhere. Mm. But you know, once you get over time, if someone starts, if if I feel like the person who's telling me what to do did exactly what I did, I feel much more comfortable to be like, all right, you know what I'm going through, and then you can also give me advice on how to get to the next level. But when Sometimes, like, I'm not saying here because here is different, but like other places when you, the person just been appointed and <laughs> they don't really know what they're doing <laughs> and they're you. trying to tell you what to do mm-hmm. and their job is to tell you what to do, right? And they're not really understanding the issues that you're having. It's very difficult for you to continue to, like, I don't want to say respect because you always have to have respect, but it's very hard to, you know, feel comfortable on a day to day working in that type of environment when you're not getting the, understanding you feel like you need right so when i worked at my old job if that would have you know there'll be some days where it's like bro this dude's going crazy but it's also it's just like all right well he did the same thing that i had to do he got the same type of numbers i had to get he got the same amount of customer um success stories and like all these other things that added up to being where you were there was a line that you could see that you have to get to this or you're not going to get there so if you don't get promoted it's not like well you don't like me because whatever no it's like you don't have the numbers right and if you can get to, if we can get the industry to something or at least you know a lot of stores to get to like a flow like that to be like all right we're having people are getting trained properly like you know coming into a new store the owner is trying to figure out what to do right the management is trying to figure out what to do mm-hmm. and they got to be some type of patience with it right mm-hmm. but you know when people are like well it's an expensive we're supposed to be making this much like da 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 off rip it's like you 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 don't really understand how business works, right? Right? You you're just trying to do like I mean I, bro, Ulysses did his best to get everybody as much hours as possible. Yeah. And when he couldn't, I can't. I I, right. I I understood that, right? It wasn't like, I mean, luckily I have other talents, so I can do right. other things. Right. But like, you know what I'm saying? But like, I right. get it. Like, right. you can't just gouge everybody to hey, you're gonna get fifty hours a week. Like that's crazy. Mm. And if you can't get that find something else until you can get to, or work your way up or figure out a plan. Yeah. But if your plan is just to figure out how many hours you can get, you're in the industry for the wrong reason. Right. I mean, unless you like doing retail, which is, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Right. But you know, if you, I, I mean, personally, I would want to work with people who want 
to work their way up. Like you, even if you gotta go to another store, at least you can be like, hey, I learned everything from Major Bloom, and now I am running a different store. And that's a story that still helps Major Bloom down the line to be like, wow, Ray Vaughn used to work here. Correct. And now he works wherever, and he learned all these all these things, these tips and tricks and stuff comes from here. So, I think one of one of the things that you mentioned at the beginning that I really really liked is something that I actually exercise every time I'm trying to hire someone or questioning myself whether or not I should be hiring them or not and that in itself is a challenge and I'll explain to you why because when you have others that are trying to how can I say this essentially just promote it doesn't help the company Mm -hmm. that's one of the Mm. biggest downfalls that I've seen in cannabis industry is one of the biggest questions I always and I've argued with management I've argued with are big dogs and I've literally said the words are we looking for a qualified candidate or are you guys looking for a candidate to qualify which one are we doing here because looking and talking to these two people I can tell you that this person, although they've been here for seven months and know our operating procedures, they know our policies and procedures, they know our SOPs, they know everything, they're not qualified. And we're looking to qualify these people because they came within the company. Mm-hmm. We, we, we expect internal promotions to supersede external applicants, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's what any good company really would want is for them to know that they're training their employees so good that they don't have to look outside, Mm. that they can come inside. But the truth of the fact is this. And until we... Look, some people don't like to talk real. And that's the problem sometimes in our industry. Mm -hmm. Sometimes have I had to put my foot in my mouth? Absolutely. But I will tell you, I am one that will tell you the way it is. And if you like it, then you like it. But if you don't, then that's on you as well. One of the biggest challenges is when you're just trying to promote within and putting people in positions that as a store manager or as someone that has been their um, leader and their subordinate, that you can just tell that this is not them. This is not this is not helping the company. It's not gonna help. The external applicant has a lot more. You know, they've done but when you're just promoting within, you set yourself up for a little bit of failure. Well, can I ask you something? Absolutely. All right, so I took a um a course that's about like um it's like a management course. It's, it's called Scrum if you ever heard about it. It's like a scrum course. Okay. It's about management, right? And um the examples that we got for a team, right? So not like we have owners of dispensaries that they either have money or they have a dream of having a dispensary right they have Mm -hmm. those two things Mm -hmm. you gotta have some type of money but you can get you know investors or whatever you have a dream you want to run it but i don't believe just because you're an owner that makes you specifically a leader and we i like this guy 
<laughs> um, we use examples um, in our Scrum course, which is kind of like a project management. That's kind of like the best example of saying project management. Um, we talked about, you know, some positions in that hierarchy of Scrum, somebody has to be like a Bill Belichick, whereas like you're a coach that understands how to get people in the right position. Mm -hmm. Where there's a product owner that owns a, in the, the store, like in my eyes, like Ulysses would be a product, uh, like a, a product owner, right? He yep. owns the dispensary. He wants it to go a certain way. Right. Now he has to appoint someone like a scrum master, like what I do, right? To coach the team to do their job the best. Mm -hmm. I don't do the job for those people, but I coach them to have the best communication, to have the best, um, you know, practices of, you know, whatever they need for this job to get it done. And I think that's what's kind of missing is that most people think just because someone's an owner that they're a leader. And Robert Kraft is not trying to coach these football players. Mm -hmm. He has a head coach who understands this, whatever it is, like obviously football, you know, to the best of his ability to coach these people. And he appoints him and gives him the power to do these things. I think that's what's kind of missing that a lot of people who are owners also are trying to just like do the whole thing. Like your job should be owning and the person you appoint should be the person that understands people the best, that understands like how this works the best. Usually that's when the owners get themselves in trouble. Can we agree on that? Owners, not all owners are not 100% leaders as you mm -hmm. mentioned. For sure. You know, um, you got to be a people's person. Mm -hmm. You have to be a people's person in order to be a good leader. Yeah. You know, if you can, you can have your own personal, you know, uh, beliefs and everything. But when you're de dealing with 30, 40 different kinds of, uh, how do I word it? Personalities. Personalities. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <People. laughs> if you can't adapt to that, you know, um, and be able to adjust to that, doesn't make you a good leader. Yeah. You know, um, I think and then there are some CEOs and some owners that are great leaders. 100%. You know, that they, 100%. Are, they, they, they are on the front line with their employees, with, the, with, with everything. You know, and it's, it's being able to essentially self-identify and know, hey, I'm a people's person. Mm. Maybe I'm a finance person. Maybe I'm an inventory person. But really finding out where you succeed at mm -hmm. is is very very crucial I, i'll tell you guys my perspective too there's another layer to that because you can have an owner that is a old money owner mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so this guy just has money to play as opposed to the the passion or i guess the knowledge <laughs> especially when it comes said. to like culture like cannabis culture so you have someone that might not be a finance person but they might have a boatload of money <laughs> right. <That's> right. <laughs> you know that's what i'm right. saying so there's different levels to it um yeah, that's my that's my two cents. No, I mean we, we, we kinda like talk a little bit about like like see I look at you someone that has like the passion to be in the industry, right? Like you had a vision, you want to be here, mm -hmm. you're doing it and there like you there's nothing that's gonna stop you from coming in and doing it. It's not like oh I have money, I don't I'm bored, I don't care about doing this today or I got a million other things to worry about, like this mm. is what you care about, right? Mm. And then there's other people who, like you said, just have the money and easy to just put your money in this and you know help it you know either grow or not decrease you know just put it in the business see mm -hmm. what we can do and if it doesn't work whatever the next person that tries to buy us out will just sell and make our profit and go on with our day 
I'm not saying one is right or wrong. I mean, I, I kind of lean towards, you know, going for profit, but you know, this, <laughs> <laughs> that's just me. But yeah. I'm not saying there's one that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that there's different strategies and, you know, with those strategies comes different personalities and with those personalities comes a lot of different problems. So yeah. um, we're going to take a quick break real quick just because uh, we ran over a little bit of the first part of this show. Oh, we're going to get the second part right now. We'll be good. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it.